Hello and welcome back to The Power of Now, A Guide to Spiritual Enlightenment with Gilda and Barbara. We're doing this book study on a book written by Eckhart Tolle. We hope you have your copy so that you can follow along. Today we are on Chapter 8, Section 4, Enlightened Relationships from Addictive to Enlightened Relationships. My name is Barbara Wainwright and I'm here with Gilda Simonet. Welcome, Gilda. Thank you. All right. A student asks, can we change an addictive relationship into a true one? And Eckert says, yes. Being present and intensifying your presence by taking your attention ever more deeply into the now, whether you are living alone with it or with a partner, this remains the key. For love to flourish, the light of your presence needs to be strong enough so that you no longer get taken over by the thinker or the pain body and mistake them for who you are. To know yourself as the being underneath the thinker, the stillness underneath the mental noise, the love and joy underneath the pain is freedom, salvation, enlightenment. To disidentify from the pain body is to bring presence into the pain and thus transmute it. To disidentify from thinking is to be the silent watcher of your thoughts and behavior, especially the repetitive patterns of your mind and the roles played by the ego. I really love this. The thing that helped me to become more present was becoming the watcher of my thoughts and asking myself, is that an egoic thought is that thought about separation, lack, fear, not good enough, or is that thought bring joy and happiness and oneness and love? And being able to identify when I was having thoughts that were egoic bound, in other words, they were about fear or being, you know, self preservation or that type of thing. And dismissing that or reframing that into a loving thought. That is when things started to change around for me. And if you can consciously edit the words that you speak, in other words, think before you speak, <laughs> think, is this an egoic thought? Is this going to bring us further closer together or tear us apart? And refrain from saying things that are going to be detrimental to your relationship and instead hold back and look at what is it within me that's missing at this moment and how can I bring love back into this situation? And sometimes you might have to, like you were saying, Gilda, take a deep breath. Just breathe. Or maybe you need to take a walk take a time out, somehow bring yourself back to center and then address the situation. Right. And you can usually tell if it's an egoic thought based on your feelings. Like, are you feeling fearful, anxiety, avoidance? Um, whereas like the spiritual mind, you'll probably feel a little bit more peaceful, calm, joy. That's usually how I could tell like, okay, my ego is really going here because I'm feeling all this disruption in my body. 
versus you know the spiritual mind where I feel at peace and at ease with everything. Yes. If you stop investing it with selfness, the mind loses its compulsive quality, which basically is the compulsion to judge, and so to resist what is, which creates conflict, drama, and new pain. In fact, the moment that judgment stops through acceptance of what is, you are free of the mind. You have made room for love, for joy, for peace. First, you stop judging yourself. Then you stop judging your partner. The greatest catalyst for change in a relationship is complete acceptance of your partner as he or she is, without needing to judge or change them in any way. that immediately takes you beyond ego. All mind games and all addictive clinging are then over. There are no victims and no perpetrators anymore. No accuser and accused. This is also the end of all codependency, of being drawn into somebody else's unconscious pattern and thereby enabling it to continue. You will then either separate in love or move ever more deeply into the now together, into being. Can it be that simple? Yes, it is that simple. It is that simple. The egoic mind goes, no, it's not. (laughs) (laughs) But it can be, right? (laughs) Yeah, because you just have to remember that the ego, it just wants to protect you. So as long as you acknowledge the ego and say, you know, thank you, ego. Like, I know you're trying to help me, but like, I got this. It usually kind of listens. It just wants to be acknowledged because it's your ego, you know? <laughs> right. It, it needs attention. That's what you exactly. talked about. The pain body, if you give it an, all your attention, it will transmute all that energy. And it is yeah. that simple. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. Love is a state of being. Your love is not outside. It is deep within you. You can never lose it. And it cannot leave you. It is not dependent on some other body or some external form. In the stillness of your presence, you can feel your own formless and timeless reality as the unmanifested life that animates your physical form. To me, he's saying the spiritual being right there. You can feel your spiritual being, the essence of who you truly are and your spirit form. You can then feel the same life deep within every other human and every other creature. You look beyond the veil of form and separation. This is the realization of oneness. This is love. What is God? The eternal one life underneath all the forms of life. 
what is love? To feel the presence of that one life deep within yourself and within all creatures. To be it. Therefore, all love is the love of God. I love that passage. Love is not selective, just as the light of the sun is not selective. It does not make one person special. It is not exclusive. Exclusivity is not the love of God, but the love of ego. However, the intensity with which true love is felt can vary. There may be one person who reflects your love back to you more clearly and more intensely than others. And if that person feels the same toward you, it can be said that you are in a love relationship with him or her. The bond that connects you with that person is the same bond that connects you with the person sitting next to you on a bus or with a bird, a tree, or a flower. Only the degree of intensity with which it is felt differs. Even in an otherwise addictive relationship, there may be moments when something more real shines through. Something beyond your mutual addictive needs. These are moments when both you and your partner's mind briefly subside and the pain body is temporarily in a dormant state. This may sometimes happen during physical intimacy or when you are both witnessing the miracle of childbirth or in the presence of death or when one of you is seriously ill. Anything that renders the mind powerless. When this happens, your being which is usually buried underneath the mind, becomes revealed. And it is this that makes true communication possible. He's saying there's moments when the pain body is in a dormant state. And I was thinking about, you said when, you know, the presence of death or if somebody gets seriously ill. And there was something that somebody said the other day that was, kind of profound she said if you've never felt sadness or grief at the loss of someone be thankful be grateful that you've never known that pain and I thought that was very powerful anyway and then this 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 little paragraph reminded me of that that's beautiful. It just means it resonated with me somehow. Yeah, to- totally. It totally did. I was like, you know, she's so right. If, you, if you've never had somebody close to you pass over, it's hard to relate to somebody who's experiencing the grief of losing a loved one. You know, it's hard to fathom anything that we haven't personally experienced. I mean, we could try. We can try to put ourselves in somebody else's shoes, as they say. But unless we've walked in them, it's very difficult. Yeah, it may look the same, but it won't feel the same. <laughs> no, right. Very, very true. 
True communication is communion, the realization of oneness, which is love. Usually, this is quickly lost again, unless you are able to stay present enough to keep out of the mind and its old patterns. As soon as the mind and mind identification return, you are no longer yourself, but a mental image of yourself, and you start playing games and roles again to get your ego needs met. You are a human mind again, pretending to be a human being, (laughs) interacting with another mind, playing a drama called love. (laughs) Oh my gosh. So he's saying the same thing that we talked about earlier, operating from the subconscious mind, not the creative conscious mind, operating from the programming or the old patterns, as he says here, rather than operating from the creative conscious enlightened mind. Although brief glimpses are possible, love cannot flourish unless you are permanently free of mind identification and your presence is intense enough to have dissolved the pain body. Where you can at least remain present as the watcher, the pain body cannot then take you over and so become destructive of love. And to become conscious and aware that the pain body is the key to enlightenment. Because if you can eliminate the pain body by transmuting the energy, by staying present, by taking a deep breath, and recognizing that you are whole and complete just as you are and allowing that energy that's not serving you to transmute and be released back to source energy, you become lighter and more free and more present and more, I'll say, love-generating. You'll be a a light bulb (laughs) generating love and the essence of love in all that you do and you will attract that back to you as well right it's kind of like a clogged pipe the more that you try to clear it the more you know smoother things run and although there might be just like a little bit more residue here and there that might be kind of hiding around the crevices and such the more you keep i guess flushing the pipes out or I guess you could say transmuting the negative energy from your body, the more clear you will be. Yes. I love that analogy. It's great. We're cleaning the pipes. (laughs) That's really good. It's really good. So the more we flush the pipes with, I'm going to say spiritual energy, Because in a way, that's what we're really flushing with. When we take a deep breath and we become very present in the now, we are tapping into that spiritual essence of who we truly are. And when we tap into that, we become lighter and we are flushing those pipes. The clogged pipes become more and more clear each time we go deeply within and cleanse that energy and pass it through. Yeah, thank you for that. I've never heard it 
expressed that way before, but it makes a whole lot of sense to get a visual on what it is we're doing when we go deep within. That's excellent. Thank you. That's the end of this section. I hope you found some value here and we look forward to seeing you next week. Bye now. Bye. If you've enjoyed this podcast and you'd like to go deeper into a spiritual conversation, you can join our Facebook group, The Power of Now, A Guide to Spiritual Enlightenment with Gilda and Barbara. Or you can contribute by going to wainwrightglobal.com forward slash go forward slash support. 